You're listening to a special series of G4D, Grounds for Discussion, the podcast about coffee and French. The year is 1997. Joel Schumacher returns once again as the director to his successful follow-up of Batman and Robin. Some might even say it's received a chilly reception at the box office. Ooh, I have shivers just thinking about that. But do Adam, my co-host, and I, the other co-host, John. (laughs) And our special guest, CJ. Hey guys, it's uh, it's ice to be here. Hey! Do we give this movie the same icy vibes? Or do we give it the cold shoulder? Burr. Talk about it. Talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Burr indeed. Burr indeed. Ooh. 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 The Gucci Mane yeah. iceberg. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. We are back with another episode of Gotham Cast on G4D, aka Grounds for Discussion. discussion. Ooh, hello there. Batman. Absolutely nothing will go wrong. No, in we this won't. Recording. No, no technical issues. No multiple starts. No, no nothing. Nothing no. at. <laughs> it is me, the Riddler. I sound like this now because reboots. Um. Yeah. So, what? I have a riddle for you. If you can solve it. What do you call... The point is, we had technical difficulties, and I'm very upset, but I have hijacked this episode to bring you a review of The Batman. So, get ready for The Batman instead of Batman and Robin. Before we begin, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, so if you haven't seen The Batman, we're going to talk about spoilers. That's... Yeah. It's your last chance. We're going to talk about how Toby and Andrew came up, you know, in this movie, how they showed up, (laughs) Alfred Molina and Jamie Foxx. We're talking about the entire, you know, funky bunch. We're talking about Charlie Cox, Daredevil, showing up. Uh, Funky bunch. All right. We're talking about all... <laughs> the Marky Mark cameo. Talking about them all. <laughs> Luke Cage? Yeah, sure, why not? Come on uh, in, Luke Cage. Uh, hey, Batman, what are you doing, huh? We gotta go save Gotham City. What are you doing? What are you do- Come on, hey, man. Say hi to your mother for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too soon, bro? Come on, man. All right. It's not too soon to save the city. Come on. <laughs> Three, two, one, spoilers. Everyone, what was your favorite spoiler? Go. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> um, CJ, you first. Listen, the most unrealistic <laughs> aspect of this movie. I'm going to start now. I'm going to start. I'm on this now. In what most universe? unrealistic aspect is that they only played one Nirvana song? No, yeah, twice. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> there's an entire sequence. There's an entire sequence towards the end. So yeah, spoilers. Catwoman's asking Batman to leave Gotham, to start a new life. This dude has the gall to say no. If Zoe Kravitz told me anything remotely, I would have folded instantly. You're kidding? I'm out of Gotham. 100%. I'll take off my mask right there and tell her, "Yeah, bro, let's go. Let's do this." 100%. All right. <laughs> I guess I'm, you could say Batman did not want to fly away or 
get away. The only good, the only good contribution that Lenny Kravitz has ever given us is this is, is Zoe Kravitz. That's it. And the fact that Robert Pattinson is like letting it go because he wants to continue playing dress up. Wrong. That's why this movie fails fundamentally. It's unrealistic. This is not the most grounded Batman movie. This is the most like fantasy Batman movie I've seen at that point. Just for that scene. That's my favorite spoiler. I was so mad. Although, although I, I thought wow. Batman's reaction to her when he rejected her was like American woman. Get away from me! I, I thought that was appropriate, right? It was way too rock to be the version that we were trying to spoof, but yes, we were very close. <laughs> that version that you sang was way better than the Lenny Kravitz version, okay? Um, yeah, that's, that's my Imagine this movie had two Lenny Kravitz songs instead of two Nirvana songs. Oh, actually, you know what? Would have shot up to a 10. If, like, all, all the scenes punctuated by, like, you know, like that scene where he's riding the motorcycle and something in the way place? 100% would have been better if, like, a Lenny Kravitz song played. No, no, he's driving the motorcycle, right? And he hears something in the way, and he kind of looks like, uh, and he turns the, the, you know, the dial, the radio. That's like the, you know, those like. <laughs> He's driving, you know. Yeah. That, that's what it would be. That's that's like one of those classic rock stations that claims that they only play like classic rock, like for men, and then they'll play like Lenny Kravitz or Imagine Dragons. <laughs> yep, 98.9 WMMO Orlando. <laughs> They Doxing. played Pearl Jam the other day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, my classic rock stations play like Green Day and My Chemical Romance. I'm like, what? Yo, I get upset every time I hear Black Parade on the radio because they always give us like the single version. So it cuts out like most of the song that makes it drive. And it's very upsetting. I find yeah, it very interesting that we spent most of this review so far talking about grunge music, punk music. Well, hello, John. Did you not see this movie? Yeah, okay, this movie was basically... You know why? You know, here's why Here's why I didn't like this movie. It's millennial Batman. Where is Gen Z Batman listening to, like, 100 gecks and death grips and, and, you know, like making TikToks while he's, like, beating, like, the mentally ill on the streets of God. Where's that? <laughs> I thought it was very weird when the Riddler broke out singing My Coconuts. My Coconuts! <laughs> yeah, Batman... Bat, Riddle me this! Batman referencing Rick and Morty was a bit too, like, on the nose. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Catwoman saying, like, you, sir, win the internet for today. Yeah, that was too much also. You know what? I, I, too, too, much, too, much, too much pandering. I, I get why Ben <laughs> Shapiro didn't like the Batman. 100%. He, 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 was, he was right to say that. Um, He's a betrayal to my people. <laughs> the millennials. The millennials. No, the Jews. Oh, the Come Jew, on, okay. man. Get with it. How um, long have you been listening to us for? You're our like, number oh, yeah, one pretty, fan. Like, I'm, this I'm, is like I'm, our shtick. I'm like Mel Brooks. You know, John's like Carl Reiner. Yeah, yeah. Carl Reiner. Carl Reiner. This is how this works. You're right. That's, that is well, you and I. This, yeah. this, is, this is our second time recording, so I'm going to ask again. Because we've, we've rehearsed this. Uh, what, what, are your, what are your guys' favorite Nirvana songs? <laughs> I love how random we are so far. We've talked about the movie for like a total of 30 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> 
I was like, <laughs> look, it, it counts. Didn't Robert Pattinson say he was influenced by Kurt Cobain? I didn't see any of that in this movie, but yeah, he was like. I mean, like, maybe with like the stairs and stuff, I, but Robert Pattinson can do that on his own. Yeah, I yeah. Get it. like he doesn't have to. It's like you know, he could have said he was influenced by anyone at that point. I wouldn't, you know, saying influenced by Ed Sheeran for all I care. Well, what is your favorite Nirvana song to answer your question? I feel glad like you, you should go asked, first. John, I'm glad you <laughs> asked, all right? In Utero is like my favorite, one of my favorite grunge albums. So obviously two songs from there, Scentless Apprentice, no one said that, and uh, Heart Shaped Box, which has like an awesome music video too. <laughs> oh yeah, that, that I've been reading the David Grohl, bro, David Grohl book, and he talked about Courtney Love already, and he talked about that video and mm. what it's about. Oh, wow. All good yeah. things, right? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> Courtney Love's not a terrible person at all, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd have to go with the song About a Girl off Bleach. That's good. I would say I like Lithium because the bass. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I like, was it Chris Novlek's bass playing, but I don't like him as a person. Mm-hmm. You should lo- do a little quick Google, if you will. Oh boy! On him, yeah. Let me actually oh, hold up. Let me no, hold up. I can't. Yeah. I, oh wait, CJ, you don't know? I you don't know. know. Hold up. Hold up. Oh. Okay. Uh, I, I don't what, need what's, more what's, artists to be ruined for me every what? single day. <laughs> well, just one. you wait, good sir. Oh wait, hold, no. Hold up. Hold up. <laughs> I'm literally, oh, it, when there's a section on political and social activism on, on Wikipedia, that can go one of two ways. Hold up. Let's see. Yeah, it doesn't go the way you think. Oh, oh hell. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Nirvana, greatest band of all time. Straight up. Straight up. All right. Straight up. Oh, no. I love Nirvana. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so yeah. funny. Oh, my God. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, I'm not going to read that tonight. All right. No, I don't, don't, don't. You know what? Go. No. Don't. I'll read that tomorrow. Read John. Dave's Grohl happy book about the time he saw Pantera and called them metal gods. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's going to be a new series on this podcast. Uh, fun quotes from the David Grohl book once I finish it. Brook, yeah, you, Jesus, book. You guys, you guys, yeah, you should, you should do that. You should have, like, I, when, I, when I used to do my podcast, I would have, like, uh, quotes from that fictional book that was in Ghost Dog Way of the Samurai, and I would read one every, at the top of every show. Um, yeah, you should Ooh, just read it. it. You should, yeah, because my Criterion copy came with like the that that fake samurai book you would read. Mm. Um, so he, uh, that's what. So yeah, Adam, you should start reading Dave Grohl quotes. To well, start CJ, I'm gonna steal that idea and make Facebook. <laughs> we'll call it the Facebook first. Drop, <laughs> drop the. the. <laughs> what, what was that? Drop the. the. <laughs> Oh, cool. Uh, oh, so just say Facebook. Nice. Uh, you know, I like that. That's good. That's a good suggestion. Thank you. Yeah, just put that in a Batman movie. <laughs> I mean, they kind of did, right? Yeah, there was social media in this movie. I mean, but it, it made sense because the Riddler would use social media to get his plan up and running. Yeah, for all his 500 and cell friends, right? <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> I know we're having a really good time here, but I, I just want to get this in. I want to get in my my first initial thoughts here. I really love this movie. I've seen it now twice since... Uh, so, so I saw it a second time since the first time we did our initial spoiler-free review. And honestly, for me, this movie is, in a lot of ways, the Batman movie that I've been wanting for quite some time. It feels very comic book accurate while still being its own thing and still introducing its own unique elements. 
And for me, I think that's why it's going to stand up on repeat viewings because it really respects the source material without be, without like sacrificing being its own thing. I like it. Do you, do you guys just want to go back to talking about music? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite grunge album is 10 by Pearl Jam. I think that's probably Oh, what about um, that Alice in Chains album too? Yeah, that's um, a good one too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, and obviously Bad Motorfinger by uh by Soundgarden. I think that's like a, a near perfect oh, album. Yeah. I think it's like a near yeah. perfect album. I oh, think. Chris Cornell. I miss him. Oh, rest yeah. in peace, right? R.I.P. Yeah. Okay. Okay, John, I'm sorry. We're done. We're done. We're done talking about yeah, No, no, no. It's it's about music on the on the once music related podcast. <laughs> John's like, let's talk about Batman. Okay. We can't stray away from the music. Can't stray from the music. Touche, TJ. You don't have to you don't have to twist it next time you stab me though. You just leave the knife in there. No, I'm, I'm like Batman. I, I don't kill you, but I'll like leave you paralyzed. I'll just leave you like paralyzed. that Finger Eleven song. <laughs> it continues. Oh, um, okay. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'll I'll behave. I'll behave. No promises on my end. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say you both are in rare form. <laughs> I love it. I'm, though. P- I'm pumped to talk about this movie. It's been a while since I've seen like a good movie. You know. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I just haven't like watched movies in a while, and this besides Batman, obviously, but you know, like new movies. Like I don't know when I was watching Dune, I just it felt empty, you know. And like this movie has a lot of heart and a lot of character, and it it was great to see that like a full vision from a director got realized and he could do what he wanted. Yes, and I will say too that John has let me borrow most of the comic books that this movie inspired, and I totally understand. Um, I just finished Batman Year One, mm-hmm. and I kind of I kind of see the parallels and how Matt Reeves would draw from that. What What did you think of the book in general? Not not like divorced from the movie. Like what What did you think of of that book? Because like, oh my gosh, mic, the, like I remember John and I like having a bit of a discussion. How I'm I'm like not the biggest uh, <laughs> Frank Miller fan. I mean, I loved all the the artwork just mm-hmm. in general. I thought just the uses of like black throughout the the comic was were like incredible and like you get to those like black pages and they're just like super black and i don't know it's just like like i felt it kind of and i think that kind of made the impact david mazzichelli yeah he mm-hmm. was great i don't know the writing was okay i think like sometimes it jumped a little bit too much in some ways it's more of a jim gordon book than it is a batman book in some ways yeah i could i could definitely see that and that kind of goes back to this overarching thing of like the people around batman are you yeah. know more interesting than batman yeah it's basically jim gordon year one which i i, I kind of like 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 and i've said it before on other podcasts like yeah what adam just said echoing that batman's like every everything surrounding the mythos of batman is yeah inherently more interesting than batman himself because with batman what you see is kind of what you get uh, he's a guy who's putting on a mask and he's going to go fight crime. Yeah, everyone else has like their own kind of complications and everything and I and I really appreciate that. Um, I <laughs> Did you John, did you ever read the like, Kevin Smith's um Batman story that like kind of retells like that 
that infamous scene where he goes into like infiltrate the mob. Yeah. Oh, is it the one where he uh, goes to Jane Silent Bob and asks him to buy an eighth? No. <laughs> and he's like, that'd be so much cooler. That'd be so much cooler. Batman. Yeah. What is it? No, because apparently in the comic, and you know, like spoilers, I guess for comic that's not great like uh like batman like gets so scared he like essentially urinates himself like when the gunfire when the gunshots go off i don't know if you've ever read this one john or at least heard of like that story i've heard about it i haven't read it but i know what you're talking about yes okay Mm -hmm. this is funny Mm -hmm. that's all i think about is that the same one where he wears the yellow suit no wait that's that's all star batman and robin all star that was written by frank miller you say all star that's all that's all <laughs> My favorite Smash Mouth song is actually "Walking on the Sun," um, and their cover. Oh, that's of actually Steely Dan's "Steely Dance Do It Again," which is a really underrated cover. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I have a consp. All right, this is another sidebar. This is a Smash Mouth conspiracy. So, I have the Shrek CD soundtrack, right? Mm-hmm. And they recorded "I'm a Believer" for the Shrek movie, right? Yeah. So. The song that's in the movie is a fast, upbeat version, right? So the version on my CD is a slowed down version of it. And it's different from the main one that they use in the movie. And I can't seem to find it anywhere else. So it's like a Berenstein Bears thing. And I'm very confused about it. So we're all going to collectively gaslight you into thinking that you have like the wrong like CD. <laughs> and wrong song. I mean, I might. Everyone, everyone was going to like. Adam's in a padded cell in Arkham. No, no, it's really it's, slow it's down. Slow down. Just listen, please. Listen to the song. Fun fact: Weezer covered the song for Shrek Four. What? They covered yeah. All Star? No, um, I'm a believer. Oh. There oh are two, two Shrek movies with two, I guess, <laughs> bands of like varying quality. I don't know. Like, I, I love Weezer. <laughs> Once you're a believer, you're always a believer. You're always you know? a believer. <laughs> um, well, you, you, you know what I believe? I believe that this is a quality Batman movie and might even be one of the best Batman movies of all time. <laughs> I agree. So, transition. Let's let's get a little bit into into the introduction here cuz I think Adam and I we really enjoyed it, but I think CJ, not that you didn't like it, but I don't think you like it as much as as we do. So, before we kind of go further into our thoughts, What's your beef, dog? <laughs> um, I don't know. Not enough quips. Um, there was no post-credit scene, like introducing like another like five movies. Um, Wait, you way. didn't stay to the, the? Did you see the post-credit scene? Oh, they told me there wasn't. I left because I was like, it was late, and I'm tired. I'll watch. Oh yeah, up. you didn't miss much. It literally just was the Joker typing goodbye question mark Riddler. Riddler. That's what I meant. Joker's in it too, though. <laughs> oh man, that made me mad. Um, yeah, me anyway, too. I was any, pissed. Oh man, I was so mad. Okay, but okay. Anyway, okay, sorry. But we'll, well then, well then, let's talk about your initial thoughts, and then we'll talk yeah, about the Joker sorry. after that. Sorry, Adam is clearly distracting me. He's keeping me off focus. I'm, I'm, I'm trying here. I'm trying here. Um, <laughs> hey man, it's, I'm trying too. <laughs> listen, I I don't hate it. I think it's a solid movie. I could see all its influences, and the the main thing that I liked was that it felt. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way, especially you, John. It felt like it was pulling from the the animated series a lot more than any other adaptation. I felt a lot like I was watching a live action version of that because, like this movie, the, the animated series, there's not a lot of action. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of like noir, um, 
images. It's a lot of like quiet moments, especially for a kid's cartoon, which is wild because that's a cartoon made to sell toys. But you know, Paul uh, Dini and Bruce Tim were like, "No, screw it. We're gonna make like a really cool um, cartoon." And I felt that here, and I liked that, but I also thought that's a major problem because I'm like, I'm just watching someone do a lesser version of like this near perfect adaptation that already exists. Um, I felt. I, I, I don't know, I just, I, I wasn't in love with it and I feel like I'm missing something because you know when there's something that you watch and you don't like as much and it's like clawing at you mm-hmm. um, I, I don't hate it I think it's I think there's some great great bits in here, I, I love the, I like the, act, the, the performances I love the action, um, the look of it, I could, and again I could see its influences I could see, you know, Matt Reeves is like pulling from different movies but I think it has some of the same problems that Joker had in that it's trying to be more than it is, and it's trying to be a movie for people who don't watch other movies, if that makes sense. Interesting. I'll get- come back to that, but I was going to ask really quick too, CJ. So for, with the other, what, four Batman movies we've already watched, mm-hmm. what is like, what do you see in those movies that you don't see in this one? And maybe that's why you have a hard time with it. So... I don't know. Um, John brought up a good point saying it's comic accurate. And what I like is that with Batman, everything is comic accurate, right? Because um, there's so many different moods, so many different tastes. And I'm like, okay, this is definitely going for... Uh, who's the guy who wrote uh, Long Halloween? It's uh, Jeff, Jeff Loeb. Uh, yeah, Jeff Loeb. So it's, it's very much going for that style, right? It's not going for the the Silver Age or Golden Age era. It's going for very much like the you know late 80s you know mid 90s period of batman and i and i really appreciate that but what i think a lot of other batman films specifically the one we talked about is that there is very much a sense of they they feel like they could stand on their own because they're not pulling from like other types of movies and i think that's the problem with a lot of superhero movies like you know i love a movie like logan but even that it's a shame that it has to pull from Shane in order for it to stand on as like a quote unquote real movie or Dark Knight has to steal from Heat or Joker has to steal from King of Comedy or you know etc cetera, etc cetera, right and I, I, I feel like those other Batman films were just really good movies on their own like Tim Burton's Batman pulled from German expressionism and noir and horror in a way where you can't really um, pin its influences or you can't really say oh it's a direct parallel to this this one I'm like okay this is Zodiac or Seven or any 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 other neo-noir style movie and I think that's where it kind of lost me so, so do you think part of your opinion also comes down to the the, the aspect that like by this point we've had so many Batman movies and so many other renditions and so many other renditions that are really beloved I mean mm-hmm. the animated series Tim Burton movies what have you did you find and, and, and I'm genuinely asking yeah. um, did you find it was hard for you to to separate yourself from the fact knowing that like well I've already got these great movies it's going to be hard to top that <sighs> no because I was and you guys know I was already excited I, I was all in. There's so much about this. Again, I'm someone who's like, I, I will, I'm the first to criticize comic book films, and I'm the first to criticize like the industry as a whole. Um, but you put Batman in a movie, like my monkey brain's gonna go, yes, 
Batman. Um, <laughs> you know, Batman and Spider-Man are the, uh, like the two I'll go like to bat for. Oh, of I, course. You know oh, what I'm yeah. saying? I have like I I, I have to. I absolutely have to. Every other big budget main, like franchise film, I'm incredibly skeptical of. I'll be the first to criticize it. Martin Scorsese's over my shoulder, telling me to type all these awful things on Twitter, and I'll do it. Um, <laughs> but for Batman and Spider-Man, I'll go to bat. And then it, so with this one especially, I was excited because I'm like, okay, cool. It's gonna be Batman. It's gonna be another Batman film. It's gonna be like this, like three hour long, like you know, jump into like a psyche. It's gonna be noir influence. And John, you know how much I love my noir films. Oh um, yes. You know, like that's like that's my bread and butter right there. Um, oh yeah. So again, I don't think it has anything to do with other Batman movies. I just think it has more to do with it's really trying to be. It's trying hard to like reach to like a quote unquote real movie status rather than it being a good superhero movie if that makes sense it's the Joker issue again where it's like Joker feels like a real movie for people who don't watch real movies and this kind of feels that that way you know, I, I, divorce from all the other Batman movies because again, we can we can kind of like like in the three we talked about, they're all kind of different enough where mm-hmm. the expectations of one doesn't don't necessarily trump the expectations of the other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or when we when we eventually get to like any other one, like are we really going to say like, well, yeah, well, I, we, Batman '89 is nowhere near as good as like the '66 Batman film, or Lego Batman is nowhere near as good as Justice League. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's that sort of weird thing where it's like I I, I kind of I don't separate it I I mean I, I'm good at separating it. Okay, yeah I I guess I was just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just more or less not me trying to do like a gotcha thing. I'm just I'm just <laughs> trying to understand, you know. Um, while while I don't I understand where you're coming from. I I don't mind the influences here because yeah. I think yes they are there they definitely are. But I think it's enough to, it's, it, for me, I don't mind influences as long as you take them and try and make them your own. If he had retold The Long Halloween, I would probably be right on board with you. But he only really took elements. Um, I still felt like whatever he took, he was able to make it into his own thing. And I think that what was smart about this script is how well connected everything is. So it never really feels like from a story perspective and especially from a pacing perspective because a three-hour movie is always going to be a lot to sit through he does a really good job of making everything feel connected without like really stretching the believability of it and i think too the thing that i probably really really enjoyed about this movie isn't just the respect that it has for all the source material but for the simple fact that like it it understands that with this character there is still a side that we necessarily haven't really explored too much and we talked a little bit about it with batman forever but i think this one does it even further it's the duality of or maybe duality is not the right word but the comparison of batman to his villains and this one does a good job of that yeah it's a lot of like you know, he wants to, he knows what he wants and has to do. He just like has to get there and figure it out yeah. and find like that thing that motivates him. Mm-hmm. But I think too, like, you know, CJ, you were kind of talking about the Joker. Like when that movie came out, it's like all my, all my association to that movie is because Todd Phillips made it. And it's like, Oh, that's a dude who made the hangover. Like this <laughs> isn't like, like he literally like ripped off, you know, 
what was it? The King uh, of Comedy. King of Comedy, right. Taxi Driver, and it, really, yeah. And it felt like that. And whereas Matt Reeves, yes, he may have, like, taken stuff from different things, but he incorporated, I think, pretty well and was able to tell a unique style that, you know, the people that don't like Batman being emotional, I think this was a good movie to set that tone because he's emotional because of his life, because he sees the things that he does and he knows he wants to do good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I think... With 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 the Batman, I especially like that we get to your point. You know, this movie's mainly focused on him. He's practically in every scene, whether it's Bruce Wayne or the Batman. This movie really is seen through Batman's perspective throughout pretty much the entire movie. But I think it works in this case because he really does have an arc to tell. So I do think that this Batman is probably more interesting. I'm I don't want to compare it to the other ones, but I do think it he has something more to say with this character than maybe some of the other versions do. And thankfully he does it and thankfully a bit more of a subtle way, but this is obviously like in the beginning, he's all about vengeance and people are afraid of him. So like even when he saves that guy from being attacked by uh, that, that gang of people uh, on the subway, he's afraid of him. And then towards the end, as he grows and puts it, and he's get put into a situation where he transforms from being justice to hope. And that's the thing about Batman that unfortunately we don't always get, not only just in movies, but excuse me, in a, in a lot of renditions of Batman. Batman is a symbol of hope. And this movie does a great job of showing that because the kid at the end, the kid whose father gets killed at the beginning, He's the kid is the first one to reach out and grab his hand when he goes to save him. And it's I would not say, an adult, it's the kid. Yeah, and I would say it's, you know, it's not really him being hope, it's him learning and it's other people learning that he is the hope. You know, like he wanted to be that symbol, yeah. but he didn't know how to get there. And that's why it was important, like, you know, when he said when the kid's looking at him, he's like, he knows, right? Yeah. And like, you know, the scene at the end when he's pulling people out of the water, the first person to go to him is the kid. Mm-hmm. Like, even the mayor who's like, you know, wants to be good and change everything, she's like, she can't even tell the difference no. yet, and the kid does, and then they fall after her. I I think that's a good point. No, actually, and that's, that's probably my favorite aspect. That's like, oh, no, wait, Batman's a hero, because yeah. his whole idea is like, I'm doing this because I want to help people. Right. Yes. It's the very, yeah. su- very Superman thing of I will put myself on the line if it means I can mm-hmm. save like anyone, and, and I really appreciate that because a lot of superhero movies don't want to do that now. Mm-mm. Like, and I think honestly, that's the thing he had to learn to be Batman because he didn't know how to get there, and it was I put myself first before anyone else, you know, and I sacrifice myself, and that's what makes me different. Yeah, yeah. That, I like that. that's the other reason why the title because he's learning how to become the Batman. <laughs> I get the name of the movie. I get it now. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, yeah. I, I, I like, I like it when superheroes are martyrs. That's why the ending and Endgame like mattered. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, Mm -hmm. yeah, like where two of the biggest heroes in 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 this universe decided, no, we're gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna sacrifice everything to like, you know, clean everything up. And I, and I love that. I love Spider-Man Two did that too. You know, when Mm -hmm. he went the the whole subway. Um, sequence like that's I like that why aren't more superheroes about heroes being heroes you know what I'm saying it's such a good scene too when they're all like we won't tell anybody your secret identity or or like all what is it or like the no man's land sequence in Wonder Woman that's like like Mm -hmm. why hasn't a a modern Superman movie had like that you know what I'm saying why where is Mm. where are the heroes being heroes 
Do you because we have CGI now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> or People like, rather see explosions than alien fights, like, which was so great to not see in this movie. Or like the yeah. ending of Logan. You know what I'm saying? Like how brutal oh, that was. Oh my yeah. God. I love that movie. I think that that's like the closest comparison. This doesn't fall on the Joker spectrum. This falls more on the Logan spectrum of like, okay, it's a good mature superhero film, quote unquote mature um, superhero film, right? It's like, it's it's trying to do something different in, in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. like, like Logan's like my main point of comparison because just there's a lot of parallels between the two mm-hmm. um you know both are very much influenced by a specific genre both are very dark both are very vi- but all, there's also the element of hope in both of them um and and I, I i i can appreciate that and i get and i totally get what you guys are saying obviously don't think of this as just me being all like angry and like um I, i'm not super oh down no on the dude it's all good I'm not super down on the movie. I think it's good. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm just struggling. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, this is the same feeling I had when I walked out of Spider-Man No Way Home, right? It's like all mm-hmm. the pieces are there. There's a, this is like a good, this is like something CJ should like. It, CJ, is, is there something in the way? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, it was there. It was yeah. there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, there's every, the pieces were all there. Same thing. That's how I felt walking out of Sp- Spider-Man No Way Home where it's just like, uh-huh. why, like, why don't, why isn't this clicking with me? Why don't I like this as much as I should? You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, this is a Batman mm-hmm. movie that kind of, checked all the boxes in ways that um you know batman or superman didn't right that was like the last Batman movie i saw in theaters um and it's like that 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 didn't really click with me like why 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 is this one the one that's still not clicking with me and i, I guess it's just maybe it, probably a, a couple of factors also i saw this movie way later than i was supposed to and i was already tired and i was kind of laughing at like a lot of things. was it were, no wait no way home was the one with mysterio right no it's far from home no way home was the one with was the last one with um with, with all the Spider-Man, with, with all the Spider, right? So it's oh, like, oh, and I like I I like that movie fine enough. I think it's okay, but it it, it felt it, it just didn't grab me the same way. Where I'm like, you know, what I'm saying, we the same way when I first saw Spider-Man: Homecoming. I don't know if you mm-hmm. guys like that yeah. feel that movie was like, oh, okay, this is a spy, this is Spider-Man. This is like this is this is basically my idea of what Spider-Man should be, and everything. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. not Spider-Man two, but it's still like there. This didn't do the same thing to, for me. Like when I first saw, I'm trying to think what Batman movie in like, like recent memory because even Dark Knight, Dark Knight trilogy doesn't necessarily feel like Batman at times. Um, so I don't know. Like that's sort of my thing. I'm like, there's a good Batman movie in there. I'm just trying to find it. Maybe you just need some more time with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like with No Way Home, though, it's like at the end of the day, no matter what happens in these Marvel movies, you know, it doesn't matter what happens. It's irrelevant because the last 15 minutes, they're going to tell you what's going to come next and set it up. (laughs) And it's just like they can't stand on their own and do their own thing. It has to be, you know, all spelled out. And I think that's that's kind of the problem. But that's sort of what bothered me here, too. It's like, why are we teasing the Joker? Why? Like, why are we teasing? I was... The next that yeah. I oh. was uh, that made me CJ, mad. I was so livid because they had the perfect opportunity, and it's been rumored that Mr. Freeze was gonna be in it, right? The Penguins Club was what forty four below or whatever. Mr. Freeze should have been there because it's cold. <laughs> like, so uh, Mr. Well, Freeze, he, would be he did like, talk about potentially having him in the sequel. Sorry, right. CJ. <laughs> yeah, but Mr. Freeze, he's like I think my favorite. Like Mr. Freeze and Riddler, are my favorite Batman villains. Joker's obviously like the obvious, like you, you take Joker for granted. But like it's for me, it's Batman. And, I'm sorry, it's me, Riddler and Mister Freeze. Um, I'm not a big fan with a lot of Riddler's stuff here. I'm like, oh, okay. 
Okay, and then and uh, you know if you put Mister Freeze, I I, I would have been cool to see him. I don't know the Joker stuff is over. <laughs> cool. I, I, <laughs> you know what? Yes, it would have been cool. I said it. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> it would have been ice. <laughs> <laughs> um, ice to see him there. I, it's ice to see him. I don't. So yeah, I I I I don't know how to. It's like it's it's not like I. It's not. It's not that I hate it. It's just I'm kind of mixed or I'm kind of just lukewarm on it. Not cool. Well, <laughs> I, I will say two things about the Joker. <laughs> One, it's a little hidden Easter egg in this movie that someone on Reddit pointed out. So I can't take credit for it. But this movie has the same villains as the Batman '66 movie. Got Catwoman, mm-hmm. Penguin, mm-hmm. right? Joker and the Riddler. Oh, okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's mm. cool. Um, interesting. Yeah. Nice little it. Easter egg right there, right? Yeah. Um, I get what you're both saying because I think even more so than Batman, Joker is really outplayed. And from a comic book aspect, I haven't read all the recent books. There was an event recently called Joker War in the comic books where it just kind of felt like I know where this is going because you know Batman and you know he doesn't kill and all this kind of stuff and it just kind of felt like very similar to what joker typically does and it just seems like they keep on bringing this guy back because of the popularity obviously you know regardless of what our opinions are of it the joker movie made bank it made a billion dollars i think an worldwide R-rated film an r-rated film, film yep. made a yeah. billion dollars think about it like an r-rated film yeah. <laughs> that yeah i guess scorsese ripoff made a billion dollars yeah so i mean i don't know if matt reeves was basically told by somebody from warner Bros. like hey we're letting you make your own movie but you got to do one thing for us you got to get the joker in there but the one thing he did say was that by this point he's not fully the joker so i know it's not really shown in the movie but there was a deleted scene that he had that actually did involve the joker but he's not really known that at that point He's mm-hmm. known as somebody else. I think that's irrelevant, though, because, like, you know it's him, you know? I, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I yeah. thought it was Two-Face. I'm like, no way. I'm like, I was excited. I'm like, oh, yeah, look, it's this dude who's, like, face is all kind of messed up. Hell, yeah, let's, 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 bring, on, let's bring on Two-Face. And he started laughing. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm out. Well, yeah. and until he said the clown line, I thought it was Tommy Elliott because there was a reference to the Elliott news reporter being killed. And obviously, Elliott is the last name of Thomas Elliott, who's the bad guy, Hush. Mm. So, I mean, there was even literally at one point, the Joker says Hush, like on the screen. I was like, oh, that's such a cool reference right there. I, I think that would be a really cool villain to have in this series. It would fit within the context of this universe and then obviously they have the connection again with bruce wayne here yeah but joker i know i know joker. money you gotta sell those I know. uh gotta sell you know what i'm saying like all these redditors need a need a hero to look up to you know? like, and, yeah. and joker has to be introduced in the second movie too he has to be in the second movie i know i know yeah i mean listen i get it i i'm not necessarily disagreeing with you guys i will say the only reason why i'm not as worried is because of the movie that we did get Mm -hmm. i really liked how he handled the villains here i know you said you didn't like how the riddler was handled here i thought honestly this was the best way they could have handled him within the context of a, a modern storytelling perspective here because i thought like okay yes you know you mentioned zodiac you mentioned seven being influences on this movie and they're definitely felt i felt like this was a really cool way of using the riddler because he genuinely thinks that he's a hero in his own story too yeah so when he has that interrogation with batman which essentially it's kind of like 
a mirror almost because they're both looking at each other and they're both at the opposite ends of what they do for Gotham and saving people, quote unquote, saving people in the in the in the case of Joker. And I felt like with with Joker, his obsessions with with riddles. You mean he, the Riddler? That, oh, I'm sorry. The Jokeler tells jokes. Joke, the Riddler sorry. does the riddles. <laughs> the Riddler. Two faces has two the, faces, John. I just want to yeah. His riddles. Clay guy like, is made of clay. <laughs> calendar man is a calendar. <laughs> we're, we're, we're so specific to Batman because he knew that Batman would respond to it. He knew that, you know, people were being killed and he knew that he was all about vengeance. So he was playing him the whole time. And I thought that was really cool how he ended up thinking like, but we're, we're a team. We worked on this together. We, we, you wanted to bring them down. You wanted to bring down Falcone. I wanted to bring down Falcone. We did it together. And I think that's such a demented way, like a really interesting demented way of a character to think that I thought it was like really honestly kind of brilliant to do something like that with a character, to have a character that genuinely thinks like what they're doing in their own twisted way is being helpful. I thought that was just such a cool moment right that's, there. Um, that, that's a very Batman thing too, because it's like Joker's relationship with Batman is very much like, a, like you know, there are, par- there are a lot of parallels, like it's give and take. Riddler. Well, no, no, oh, no! I, I'm, I'm referencing Joker, like, in je- like just. Oh, like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you were calling him. No, no, no! Because I'm like getting this, so confused. This reminded me of that. This reminded me a lot of like Joker and Batman's dynamic in in Dark Knight, mm-hmm. where yeah. Joker's whole thing was, what I'm doing here is because of Batman, and he has to like, you know, what I'm saying, he has to sort of uh, act on that. Same thing here, you know, what I'm saying all these riddles and all yeah. these things. Riddler saw that as like this is like. I'm doing this with him. Yes, it's not doing it to him. I'm not like, um, it's a whole game and we're going to play it. Um, which also does feel very 60s Riddler, right? Um, yep. it, it very much like, you know, a lot of these villains see it as a game. And I, and I kind mm-hmm. of I kind of appreciated that. I don't know. I don't like his Slipknot mask. Um, that was kind of funny. Yeah. I, I'm i sorry. It's just, there are bits where I like was cracking up. Like There's that scene where like he's on FaceTime with Riddler and like Batman's just at the corner of the phone screen and it looks so funny. <laughs> just like Batman casually just FaceTiming. I don't know. Did you guys remember that bit? Where so, so, like, so, it's, so I'm glad you bring this up because I actually have a whole section actually memorized here. There are subtle little jokes like that that work really well in this movie and I think that's one of them. I think that was intentional, honestly. I really think it was. Yeah. Because there are several little bits that like very few people have picked up on with this movie. Um, and I'm not trying to like brag or anything, but I'm just saying like in any other kind of comic book movie, they would have specifically called it out to your point. They would have had a quip. They would have had somebody like basically looking at the screen, you know, mugging for a joke. There are several jokes. Did you notice at one point Alfred gives Batman berries like a like a fruit bat? He's eating oh, berries. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, you know, the scene when they interrogate uh, Jim Gordon and uh, Batman, when they interrogate the penguin, they tie up his wrists oh, yeah, and yeah, his he legs. Waddles, he waddles, <laughs> and he waddles yeah. like a penguin. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I think there was also the part, too, where the Riddler in his final video was like, hey, guys, it's supposed <laughs> to show that he's really like this mousy guy. He seemed like... It, I, it, it, I love that we finally yeah. have a comic book villain who's just a guy online. 
Yes. 100%. I love that. Yes. I think that and of course, it's a, it's a white dude. <laughs> what, straight. He is like, he's basically proving to everyone. Like, this is what happens when you go viral. You just go, you just go crazy and start. Becoming, Stop like, TikTok. You know what I'm saying? I love that there's an Instagram, the live chat. I think that was, that was mm-hmm. so funny. He's like, they're, he's like bragging about 500 followers. I'm like, really dude? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, got, I think those were all intentional gags. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I, I could see that. I, I could see, like, I, I, I guess, because I was, like, cracking up a lot. I was, like, the only person in the theater laughing. Like you That's because you're smart, CJ. Oh, <laughs> I am the Riddler. Um, I, I, I kind of thought, I think, I think that's the problem with Batman in general. I think people take Batman too seriously when it's, like, no, it's, it's about a dude in a costume, like, punching people. Like, no, like, yeah. come on. Like, I was cracking up during that first fight where he's just, like, beating the ever-loving snot out of, like, the guy who asked him a question. Like, I'm pretty I, sure I was laughing too. I was cracking up. I guess I'm, like, I'm the. I guess we're one of the smart ones, huh, CJ? Because, because like that, that's like that's not a normal response, but that's like a totally normal Batman thing to do. Like Batman just punches people. Like it's like the Arkham mm-hmm. games. He just gets them. yeah, right. Like, combo, I, combo, combo, like, like, combo. Mm-hmm. You know stuff like that. Um, the 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 the, the running gag with the twins was you know yeah. I was the only one like laughing I'm like oh that was like, hilarious this is like an intentional joke the whole collateral nightclub like fight like I, I was like I was also like cracking up I'm like there's some good bits every time Colin Farrell spoke oh perfect yeah. oh, he was yeah. amazing I, I think he's my favorite part I think he, oh he's so good because um, <laughs> I love I love returns I love um, Danny DeVito but I think what people don't realize is ba- Penguin's like a normal villain he's like a normal gangster he's, he goes to regular jail he goes you know what I'm saying he doesn't go to Arkham because mm-hmm. he's just like a drug dealer mobster type so this is basically the only like the most accurate you know portrayal of that he's like yeah. he's not obsessed with birds or anything he's just like he's just like a normal gangster who's like who sounds like he belongs in like the 40s um I, it's so good. It is so. It really he, is. He gives the best performance here because he just goes all out. Like he's he's basically, it, it's channeling a lot of like how other villain like you know like Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, or Danny DeVito were. You know how they just mm-hmm. went all out with their performances. I think he's the only one who's really channeling that, in a way. And thankfully, it seems like we're gonna get more of him, which is great. Oh yes. I I, I felt like. You, they don't put them in four hours of makeup for nothing, John. <laughs> but I mean, it's it it, it it is one of those things. To your, to your point, CJ, like he he does he goes over the top like just enough. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just also a testament to how great of an actor Colin Farrell is. Because he, yeah. oof, I mean, he I he's one of those guys that like every time he's in, I see him in something like he's great in it. Always, you know, like the, the that guy, Richie movie, the gentleman recently, he, yes. he wasn't the main guy in that. And he was fantastic in that, uh, in, in Bruges. Like there's just so many great character parts for him. And I feel like he loved playing this character. Even, like, even the non character stuff. Like he's just good. Like, you know, he's a chart. He's like, he's a, does, he oozes like charisma, but he's also kind mm-hmm. of a scumbag in a way. Like yeah. you want to punch him too, but like he, he I don't know. I, I I I really a lovable rap scallion. Yes, <laughs> you kind of forget that he played Bullseye in uh, in Daredevil. Honestly, he was my favorite part of that. No, CJ, you just I totally forgot that. Yeah, um, he, no, but he, he gets introduced playing. Uh, here, was, Bullseye. Here. <laughs> That'd be a fun it, movie to talk about. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Wasn't oh. uh, what's it called? Uh, House of Pain playing when he uh, got yes. introduced. That soundtrack. Top of the morning to rules. you. <laughs> that soundtrack rules. We yeah, like we got a, this should have had a new metal 
sound. Maybe I would have been like better on it. I would have given it five stars in Letterboxd if it had like a new metal sound. Trust me, CJ. Game. I listened to that new Corn album. You didn't want any new metal on this <laughs> album. I can tell you. Also, <laughs> this th- there's another reason why I love this movie, and Adam is not going to be surprised by this whatsoever. Because you love Batman. Well, it's not just because I love Batman, <laughs> but they were electronic songs in this too. Yes, right. Mm-hmm. John's electronic corner. <laughs> The, the, the club scene, like I oh. said, it's, it's it's basically you know straight out of Collateral, which I loved. Like I love that bit where he's just running around <laughs> beating people up in a club. Like I I, I, I really like oh. that. I love when he's talking to Penguin because there's a song in the background and it's just like it's even that club track is very tense because the song goes. It just matches so well. Like, it just adds, like, a sense of unease. But, you know, if you were actually out on the dance floor, you'd be, like, you know, really grooving to it. Um, <laughs> you know, just, it, I thought it was, like, even that selection was done, was, was chosen very, very wisely. I feel like... I feel like you need to be a consultant for the next movie club scene where it's like, let me tell you which electronic songs I, I feel like I do. You really I, should. I, I, John, I, John I, if, if you ever think <laughs> at that point, please, like, nothing will ever top the... The two, the two best club scenes ever are the first Matrix, where Dragula plays, um, and, and and the Prodigy. Yeah, and the second one obviously is Collateral, where that awesome Korean like dance song plays. You got to mm-hmm. do both. Those are the only two you got. You got to bring those back, and then there. <laughs> you gotta uh, hey them. man, I'll do it. I, gonna, I will do it just for you. <laughs> just for you got to bring those back. Um, There'll be a special thanks to CJ at the end of the credits. Um, speaking of villains, I forgot John Totoro was in this movie. Like, I, I forgot he was cast in this movie as a oh yeah Falcone. He, he he he's great too. I mean, he, he doesn't have much screen time, but he doesn't need it. Played um, an Italian guy really well. Yeah, <laughs> I, I love that. I love because he rarely plays sleazebags. Like this really reminded me of a. Uh, of him and the big Lebowski playing Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, like, he's genuinely like frightening. Yes. Like you can mm-hmm. definitely see like how he controls much of Gotham because the way he looks at you and he's got kind of like that smile where it's like, Oh, you're making me uncomfortable right now. He, he, he's really, really great in this. I mean, I, I also really, really love how they included the bit from the long Halloween where Selena scratches his face and leaves the marks on the side of his face. It's also the, when she reveals that he is her father. That's also Ooh, from a long what? Halloween, too. So. Also from a movie called Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My, I do want to ask, so like, there are a lot of coincidences in this movie and a lot of personal like stakes that every character has like what did you guys think of that aspect um because that's where it reminded me a lot of like masculine phantasm specifically a movie i'll talk about in another podcast hopefully um where if a lot of things just co- kept coming back to bruce wayne in some way like what did you guys think of all that stuff because i was kind of i like, was i was fine with all that i think yep. it helped i mean the, the movie was long and i think it helped th- i think if if it started sprouting too much everywhere, it'd be so hard to keep track of. So I think having everything focused yes. on Batman kind of helps the pace. Okay. It does. Right. It does. And I mean, for, for the most part, I feel like everything was ripped right out of the comic books. So it's like the, I think the whole point that, you know, was being conveyed in this movie is that Gotham has a long history and some of that history Bruce is connected to. Um, so like, 
Falcone mentions like, oh, he saw him on the operating table being stitched up by his his father, uh, Falcone being stitched up by, by his father. Again, that's another reference to Long Halloween, but I think that makes sense later on once it's revealed like, oh, well, you know, maybe he actually had a hand in killing the Waynes and not Moroni. So that that provides that potential motivation. I'm glad they don't spell it out and say like who actually did it. But I think it helps that you have those connections because I think they mean a lot more later on. Because I think I think the whole movie is about like Bruce connecting the dots, not only just with solving the riddles, but his own personal life. Because he's been so disconnected from his own, you know, work with the Wayne Wayne Foundation, disconnected from Alfred. He's a, he says in the beginning like he's a nocturnal animal, which by the way, I love that this movie has narration. This is something I've always wanted in a Batman movie. We get it both in the beginning and the end and both segments are just beautifully well written like just ah, just they gave me chills, honestly. They really did. But I but I think that's that's all part of it. It's Batman just not connecting all the clues to solve riddles. It's him connecting all the clues to solve his own life and come to grips with his own trauma and get answers that he wants. So yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, I, I I don't mind. I get what you're saying though, CJ. In in most movies, I think it probably would bother me more. Um, but I think it at least they at least come back to it. At least leads to something. Yeah, and speaking of leading stuff, we can probably should talk about what the next movies are going to look like. And uh, what are your thoughts and uh, feelings for the next movies? What would you want to see different, improved, more of? What What do you think? Uh, mm. <laughs> I mean, no. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. See, go. I imagined like um like a Waterworld Batman because you know the whole Gotham is like <laughs> flooded. So yes. that'd be sick if like, oh, Mr. Master Wayne, you can't take the car anymore, Master Wayne. That's like okay, cool. So I'm just gonna build a boat, and then we get the Bat Boat and the Bat Wing, yeah. and all the villains are on like comical floats and stuff, battling in water. I think that'd be really cool, and like so we could start like many a many toys. Yes. Bat yeah. Boat toy, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I think, you know, because this story takes place in a year two sense, he specifically has it like written in his in his diary or journal that he's writing in the beginning. I think we'll start to see new improvements to new suits, new vehicles, like you're saying, Adam. Mm-hmm. I think obviously there'll be new threats. The you know, the mob connection like we'll start to see penguin probably play a bigger role in the next one which i think would be a smart move mm-hmm. um i think for me knowing what matt reeves has set up yeah maybe it's a bit more quote unquote grounded but i can see him still figuring out some kind of way to make villains like mr freeze work within the context of the movie Um, any future movies I should say I think really for me what I would like to see is more of the mystery aspect because I felt like that worked so well I think it makes sense for Batman to be solving mysteries and I loved loved in this movie and I hope we get more of it in the second one and third one obviously (laughs) is him working more with Gordon because that's one of the aspects that I love the most about this movie yeah I'm glad Gordon got a spotlight too like Jeffrey Wright was great oh perfect perfect casting there Jeffrey Wright was great and I love that dynamic I love how again very much like like that he that he like he's the only one who trusts Batman 
but it's very mm-hmm. much like it's not like reciprocated and I really appreciate that um, I felt like Selena was underwritten which bummed me out because Catwoman's like, arguably one of the most important and one of my favorite um, one of my favorite like Batman villains ish I guess she's a villain like she's and, and I felt like she wasn't given much to do but really? I, I do like the interplay. Mm-hmm. I like. I love Zoe Hart's performance is great. Again, she really committed to the role. I could tell. Like she, like you know, if you read interviews, she didn't want to do another superhero movie following X Men First Class. But like she liked Catwoman enough that like she was able to jump into it. Um, well, she played her in Lego Batman. So yes, you're right. She did. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, but, but yeah, I, I I think like you know she was great. Who else? I'm like poetry, like poetry. Um, it, all, it all connects. <laughs> Alfred Alfred was barely in this movie. That relationship was non-existent for like a, 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 save for like two scenes. Um, I bet you I, there's going to be a scene in the next movie. Where he's like, "Hey, Master Wine, uh, you should take me to something nice. Let's go see Cirque du Soleil because I'm Alfred and I took a bomb to the face for you." Wow, look at these kids, the Grysons. Interesting. They're in Cirque du Soleil, Master Wayne. Interesting. Look at that one. Yeah, he uh, talks about being in the circus, too, which I thought, like, ooh, uh, interesting. I, as far as what I want to see in, in, like, the next film, I don't I don't know. I'm still trying to process this one. I think I would like to see... Hmm. I don't know. Like, let, let's, let's, let's see a different genre. Let's see a different mood. Like, give me, give me like, a neo-Western instead of a yeah. instead of a noir like you know what I'm saying give me something that's a little bit more a, 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 a little slower a little more deliberate because my big problem with this it's three hours but it's all plot and there's no I, there's no, really really that's, yeah. that's what my problem was I think because they're okay and but there are some good instances where they kind of do really do they play well with the noir vibe where it's like noir is isn't just about how something looks it's about how it's it's about a language the characters here spoke very fast they whispered a lot they were just constantly delivering all this exposition in some really interesting ways but i also felt like there the movie doesn't let you breathe and just kind of take in the vibes right um and the best noir is usually my favorite noir is always about guys who are just walk, wandering around very little plot very little um story just very little anything and it's just them walking them trying to like take everything in it's why i love the long goodbye so much it's why i love hell the big lebowski's in noir because it does that too it's very much like there's a mystery but not all not the entire the entire movie's not about solving that mystery and i felt like in this in this instant in this movie this batman should have just been there should have been like an entire like 30 or 40 minute section where he's just like saving people around gotham and everything divorced from the plot divorced from the riddler stuff i think we'll get that in the next I think one that, yeah i was about to say because this is more of him like i mean he did save people and stuff yeah, but yeah. i don't think he really had like a system in place yet but yeah kind of what you're saying it'll it'll be interesting to see if they go with the same type of movie you know mm-hmm. like if it's gonna be another like a mystery kind of thing or they're gonna do like a like a western kind of take like well matt reeves is a big fan of uh the godfather so he even you know used yeah, some based, inspiration yeah I, yeah, like the lighting I, and stuff like that. Like then, but a big part of the Godfather is, it's again, it's a three-hour-long movie, but you're not bombarded with plot. You're, it's just character. You get what I'm saying? And I, I really wanted that here. I think that's I, that's where I'm sort of like, I, I, I don't. I think we're in a we're in a point now where 
movies have to prove why they're they're long, or movies have to prove, or like we have to be fed plot every second, or else people, will compl- you know, people on Reddit will complain that a movie's three hours long and the plot doesn't move forward. I really, I really just would have liked like. Like uh, scenes where no one's talking. It's just bat. Remember the scene in the first Batman where Vicky Vale and Batman are riding in the Batmobile and there's no dialogue. Um, like I want, I wanted that, and mm. throughout the entire film, I'm like, I want. Well, it does. Like, it does help in that scene. They have Danny Elfman's score. That is very true. <laughs> yes, you're right. Nothing will ever talk. And I like the score here too. I'm surprised, John. You, you haven't brought it up yet. Um, oh, I'll, it's uh, it's it's later on. I'm going to be my final thoughts. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap up really quickly. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of going off. But like, it, it, no, 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 go on. I, I I would. I hope the next one, Matt Reeves learns. Like, okay. I was given a blank check on this one. I got it. I got all the Batman stuff out of the way, right? I'm done. I introduced Batman. We understand Batman. Thomas and Martha Wayne didn't die in this movie. <laughs> like the 15th time. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, I, I would have loved to see that though. I don't care. I, I love seeing that. I want uncle Ben to die in the MCU, but he didn't. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I hope he's like, all right, now I can really do what I want. I'm going to make a, like another three hour long film where Batman just does Batman stuff and there's nothing outside of it right there's nothing like that's stopping me there's no time limit there is no puzzle there's no there's nothing just I mean see I think too it'll be interesting like if this movie takes place immediately after the events of the end or it'll take place years later or yeah. you know they, they I think it'll depend where they want to go with the story yeah. you know yeah I mean it, sorry, sorry about my reaction to earlier CG. I was just honestly surprised <laughs> to hear you say that. I, I genuinely, I mean, not that I'm knocking your opinion. I hope you don't sound that way. I just, I was genuinely surprised when you said you weren't sure how you felt about it because I was like, oh, you know, I was so confident after seeing this. I was like, CJ's gonna love it. I feel like he's definitely that, gonna love it. I thought it. I was. I thought I was so I excited. It's a Batman movie. Even the worst Batman movies have things. You know what I'm saying? I walked out like feeling pumped. Yeah. Here, I, I just, I, I was confused. I was genuinely confused, and I'm like, you know what? It's a director doing what he wants. It's a big studio kind of taking the gamble and doing something different. Um, while nothing will ever be the Big Bang that Dark night was you know what i'm saying in terms mm-hmm. of like impact um yeah I, I wasn't expecting that either i'm like i don't want another dark night i want something different even if it's not going to shake the core of superhero fil- films but even then i just felt like ah, i don't know i think i need to watch it again what is it it's coming out to hbo in april i'll watch yeah. it again i'll try like mid april i think yeah i'll try maybe there's something i'm missing maybe it was the mood i was in maybe it was i was affected by the time shift that i had to like change yes there was something (laughs) in the way yes um but i i'm just not i'm not in love with this movie but i again i can see everything i I love the fact that paul dano and robert pattinson are like batman fanatics that's a very rare thing to see because most interviews you see the actors mm-hmm. say they're fanatics but you can tell they're lying because they, they want to like make sure fans are like happy like fans love getting mad at actors for not knowing comic book stuff which i'm like no that doesn't that, that who cares who who cares if <laughs> yeah. jake gyllenhaal doesn't know all this stuff who cares if kirsten dunce doesn't care but i love that robert had <laughs> everyone on twitter apparently <laughs> yeah everyone yeah like uh, that's annoying i don't care like if the director likes yeah. like you know if the director likes comics and stuff like that that's cool tim burton didn't that was also cool um it doesn't matter i just make a good movie right like i that's all i care about i don't yeah. need it to be accurate i don't need it to be that but i could tell like robert Pattinson was passionate about being batman like he was oh, really, a thousand percent and i love that i love that he was name dropping mask of the phantasm something i'd never seen anyone do 
Yeah. Yeah. And Paul like, Dano name dropped uh, Court of Owls. Yes. And I'm like, like, that's, that's cool. That is genuinely cool. I love that because I love Batman. Um, I wonder if he's played the Arkham games. I'm sure he has. That'd be dope. Um, <laughs> uh, but. I, all those pieces are there. I'm just trying to find the one in the center to like kind of put them all together. And I guess yeah, that, I, that, I, I, I really hope the next viewing changes that around for you. So, I hope so too. I hope so too. Yeah. No. I mean, and look, look. It, I, I hope it doesn't sound like I'm trying to be like combative or anything like that. I think, you know, for for me, from 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 the viewpoint that I took it as was that all right, Batman's already established at this point. And I felt like the characters were were developed in a little bit more of subtle ways here. Um, I really enjoyed, like I said earlier, didn't feel the need to spell everything out. <laughs> um, so like Batman, when he falls down in the water, it's kind of like him being almost like baptized in a way. Baptized. <laughs> yeah, baptized. And you know, it's it's a bench it's basically him becoming like a, a new hero. But I appreciated that like, okay, you obviously see that he's still learning the ropes. He like stalls the Batmobile. He gets hit quite a lot. Um but I, I really, really enjoyed that like he's he's still very much human um but he's he he's still learning the ropes as well and i think too one of, one of the other big things that really really worked for me with with this movie was the two of them was batman and catwoman because they just had such great chemistry together i really felt like for them to really still be connected just that well even with the masks on just as a testament to not only their own abilities as as actors but just what their characters were provided because you can tell i mean the thing that's always interesting about like batman and catwoman is that in theory batman should be arresting her <laughs> like she should be in jail you know i mean she's 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 a thief um but they're connected because she has that line that's like you know i have a thing about strays well she is too they're both strays they're both alone they're both trying to make it and they're while their agendas are different he's about vengeance and she's about like getting revenge and getting you know money and eventually trying to kill uh falcone they they bond because where they're both at in, the, in their place in life is that they're trying to figure out their own way and eventually that leads to them going on separate paths in their own lives but i mean I think we'll see Catwoman again, uh, obviously. Yeah. She's not going anywhere. And, you know, I hope, you know, we'll she get her better not soon. be. If she isn't there, I will not. I'm boycotting the Batman. <laughs> if, if Zoe Kravitz is not in this next movie, Matt Reeves, I hope you're listening. If she's not in this next movie, I'm boycotting. I'm going to do the unthinkable and boycott a Batman film. You understand? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, I think I, I, I personally, I. I, I think she was given a lot to do in this <laughs> movie. In fact, more than I thought. I will agree about Alfred because he's he essentially at one point, you know, is is in the hospital. <laughs> but I guess somebody had to get shortchanged here. There's I, just so line, many characters. I mean, his last line, name is Pennywise. Pennyworth. 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 That's what I meant. <laughs> Pennywise. <laughs> uh, it's been a long day, John. Um, I, I will say, though, oh, man, like... 
there that that whole bit where Catwoman's like, you know, all these rich white billionaires. I was expecting ah uh, yes, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's not that bad. Okay, he's a cool guy. Uh, like, I really wanted him to do that. <laughs> it's really oh, uh, you know, I heard, I heard I've Bruce heard Wayne. Bruce Wayne donates to orphans. Yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty cool. <laughs> who said that? Who yelled that? <laughs> he's a great philanthropist. <laughs> what? Who who said that? I have no idea. Oh, oh wow, man. Bruce Wayne. Yeah. You should give him a chance, this guy. Maybe he's a little billionaire, right? <laughs> Which, by the way, that line upset some people. <laughs> of course it did, because it's right. It's true. All of you people, all you nerds are mad over, like, the wrong reasons, okay? Like, no, no, it's, right? It's so funny, too, because it pissed off both, like, this movie pissed off both Republicans and liberals, because I literally saw liberals saying, like, oh, so all of a sudden a billionaire could be a good guy and oh, oh Jim Gordon's a Look, good cop this I'm gonna, is propaganda I, I'm gonna I'm gonna end this debate once and for all alright here's the thing uh, Batman there is no there are no room there's no room for good politics um, in Batman alright Batman doesn't have any good politics at, at all because he's a billionaire like who, who who has like his own like private militia or like ar- like arms to fund a private militia you know all this stuff right um, and to that I say who cares bro it's a movie about a dude who dresses up in a bat costume to go beat people up. That's why you're watching it. It's like all good noir. All good noir is essentially propaganda in some way, right? Um, it sucks that the sort of like wish fulfillment that we have is, oh, look, these are the kind of cops we like. Columbo is like a good cop, even though in real life he would not exist. Um, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, it, it's, it's, it's all that sort of stuff. Um, in, in this instance, it's just like, I, I, I don't care. It's Batman. You can't really find deeper meaning in Batman. What you can do is have a good conversation about it, but no one wants to. Um, you know what I'm saying? It's, well, until they listen to this podcast. <laughs> yes, we're, we're here to solve it. We're going to solve it right now. Um, no, it's the like, greatest riddle of all. Yeah, the, or it's like the, the whole MCU problem where it's like the MCU's Find very... Find out at g4daypodcast.com. <laughs> the, 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 you know, the MCU's very, very much loves the military or the Spider-Man Yo. games. The video games, the Spider-Man video games are... You can't have Captain America hating Captain America, CJ. It ain't happening. Or like the, it's the, America. The Spider-Man games are very, very, very heavily propaganda too. But like even worse mm-hmm. than anything I've seen in any Batman fiction. And I think at this point we got to realize, you know... Are we are we really gonna try to find deeper meaning in a in, in something like this? Uh, that that sort of bothers me. There, there's no room for good politics in any comics, right? Or no. Uh, let me rephrase that because it sounds like I'm being kind of complacent. There is no that the, the the conversation shouldn't be like. I don't the, the, the comic books aren't responsible for creating a full fledged political debate. Exactly is, is 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 what it is. It's trying to I tell think, a story, and I yeah. think. Yeah. But even then, I think most most of the time, comics are very radical, very, very. You know, what I'm saying specifically comics, they're very radical. Yeah. They tell these these stories that are very progressive in ways, and I think mm-hmm. this film does some interesting things. But I, I don't think we we should be we should be projecting our desires onto it the same way. You know, what I'm saying it's just like look, I don't think same, so either. I don't think to your point, it goes heavily enough into either side. Yeah, and and that's it. It might be an issue, and I and I and I and I can totally see that again as someone like me and everyone who knows me. I I, I I'm angry at everything uh, that doesn't necessarily that, that isn't very politically conscious or progressive in, in ways. But I I think in, in the case of Batman, um, maybe I'm giving it too much leeway. But it's like it's Batman. 
It, it's, no, it's, that's how I felt. It's too. like it's not. It's, it's it. Batman's not standing for the wrong things. You know, Batman yeah. is the symbol. You like know, it's, I, he exactly. doesn't represent anything bad necessarily. Look, but like, you know, it's more of the themes and ideals. Like, no yeah. one ever yeah. wants to talk about Spider-Man having like drones and saddle. Yeah, I'm saying like drone striking like people. Like, no one. It's fine. Yeah, no. The the whole point is Tony Stark has drones in case aliens come and spider-man used them to stop mysterio like, like that's all it needs to be who, yeah, yeah it's fine yeah. i don't care jim yeah, gordon stuff cool. is only surface level exactly it, it, that's and that's again it's a stupid movie for stupid babies that's it they're comic book movies it's fine we can just you know what i'm saying yeah We're, if somebody really wants to hate on a movie because of one line or one situation or something in a movie <laughs> like you know i bet robert pattinson even pitched that line goes <laughs> to it yeah yeah that totally Matt, Matt, slip in that their billionaires suck. Robert, I, I love just, it. just do it. Trust me, do it. It'll be funny. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, and I, I think all the characterizations feel accurate, right? Because then again, yes. like I said earlier, what what does comic accurate mean at this point? When you have a oh. hundred years of a of 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 like backstory right like what what does comic accurate mean when you can just pull from everything and i i think it fits fine i think the characterizations are fine i think that that that's fine i ben shapiro mm-hmm. shut up <laughs> agree also if, if this movie agree. is taking place during current day of course she would say something like of that. course and she's right we all we, we all are we all we're all saying stuff like that I, I i love it i i think this is the first superhero film that really does embrace the internet age kind of like how the uh, departed you know like the departed was very much like a a mob movie for like the the, the pda age or the, the cell phone age this is mm-hmm. a superhero mm-hmm. film for the internet age yeah. Know, yeah, and I and I really like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah, it makes sense because it does. T- it talks about the influence. There's that scene where like Joe Riddler's on on social media and like they're talking, like all the comments are like giving him advice on how to like start th- do this whole thing. And I'm like, that would happen. That has happened. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, yeah. it's it's brilliant. I'm like, there. This gets it. This is a modern superhero movie. Also, I'm sorry we're going over time, and I apologize. One more thing. One more thing. Well, that we are chase. talking about a three hour movie. So yes, that, that car chase. Yes. That, oh, oh so good. that was incredible. So good. Oh, oh my god! Sounded so good in an IMAX theater too. I, I just see. love the, the oh, steady cameras. Just no shaking. Just pure. Just watching what's happening. That's what I loved about this movie too. My yeah. my my caveman brain was activated during like that. The scene where he the, all the lights are out at the club and he's getting shot yes. at like, yeah. his light. Yes. Oh man, I was like hootering and hollering. I thought that was awesome. Um, <laughs> Like for real, uh, um, but like the whole bit with the car chase, I love just how like the you know it, it wasn't too heavily edited. There wasn't it was there you know the, the, it focused really well on like both the Batmobile and Penguin's car. Um, I love where that the scene where he's upside down. And he's seeing Batman walk up to him. I love how fuzzy and everything looks because it's like as if it was being lit by the lights of the car and the fire. I love that. I really, yeah. really like that. I thought that was so 
damn cool. And again, very old school, like car chase. I, I, I'm a sucker for car chases too. Yeah, and I'm sure you agree with me, John, too, because you know, I, yes. you and I are like, you and I watch all these dad movies. Uh, <laughs> this, very, this very much, this very much channeled that, right? This very much channeled yes. a lot of that. That, that bit oh. was amazing. I love that car chase. I really did. I love Penguin celebrating that he got him, and then like the ramp comes in, goes. Like I loved it. I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. Oh, it's so cool. It's so cool. I love how this is shot. To your point, too, Greg Frazier, I think his name is. Uh, who's done other movies like Rogue One does a phenomenal job with the cinematography here the, this that, looks, that club scene oof. the club scene the dark one reminded me of the last bit of Rogue One where mm-hmm. Vader was like mess- like just killing all these uh, these rebels in that did, hallway did you hear about how they made that scene it no. was practical so really? like he was actually being like shot at like with like blanks wow oh, yeah wow yeah, it's wild. It, it looked great. I thought that was a really cool thing. I'm like, yeah, this is this is like good classic like action film. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all like mm-hmm. just stuff for like guys like me. <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, this is what I want. This is what I want. The dad core stuff. <laughs> the dad core stuff. I yes. love it. I love it, man. I absolutely love it. Well, hey, why don't you uh, go into your final thoughts? Um, and then we gave our red ratings. I'll. I'll give it again, but I definitely have some closing statements here that I want to say too. So take it away, CJ. Okay, my final thoughts, and I, I kind of be going off. Um, I it's good. It's not bad. It's not great. I think a lot of its best elements are pulled from other from other movies, and specifically other Batman adaptations like the animated series and Mask of the Phantasm. Like I walked out, explained to my cousin, my uncle who I watched it with, like you guys need to go see Mask of the Phantasm, and you'll you'll get why I'm kind of mixed on this. Um, but I loved the performances. I loved the music. I loved the look of it. I loved the... I, I just love seeing Batman again. <laughs> like, I, I, again, <laughs> at the end of the day, um, I love Batman. I, I always will. He's just... he's the, he's the It's Batman, obviously. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 same thing. When No Way Home was out, I was just happy to go see Spider-Man <laughs> in a the theater again. You know what I'm saying? I love seeing uh, Toby like, on the big screen. And in this instance, I love seeing Batman on the big screen again. Um, and... I, I think that's all that matters at this point, right? Like, it's not... Even if it doesn't win me over in all all the ways that everyone else is... And everyone else is being won over... I think it, it, all that matters is we finally got, like, a really cool Batman movie again... After so long. And I'm... You know, I, I resubbed to the DC, DC Universe to read some comics. I'm re-downloading Arkham... Um, because, yeah, we're, we're back. It's Batman time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Adam, you want to go next? Yeah, um, I'm kind of... I, I love this movie, honestly. I really liked a diff- the different take. I appreciated all the film noir stuff and just, I don't know, just, it, I took, I went into this movie as like a film noir and that kind of, I think, helped with the flow and the pace because it definitely had a lot of those elements and I'm excited that superhero movies, you know, it, this is what happens when you let the the creator have their vision, you know? And I'm, I'm very much, very much about that. And I feel like Matt Reeves knew what he was doing. He clearly had passion for Batman. And, you know, I'm thinking, too, if another director had had to do the same movie, I don't know if it would have came out the same. Because mm-hmm. I feel like Matt Reeves understood what this was and how he wanted to get it out. So I definitely enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And what, what was your uh, rating? I'd say like a 9 out of 10 or so. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, 9.5 on the pitchfork, best new music, right? <laughs> uh, 
So th- there was another cool detail that I saw on Reddit too that somebody caught that there's actually one point, there's a wide shot of the Iceberg Lounge and it actually shows the Riddler in his apartment. So they even tease without you knowing at that point in the movie that that's him in his apartment and that he's he's waiting like you see a silhouette in his apartment and it's cool little details like that that i've gone and catched the second time around i really felt like everything was really thought out here from top to bottom and without sacrificing what makes the character work or what people want out of the character and you know while also making sure that it works to tell a cohesive story. I completely agree. I don't see how this could have been any shorter. I don't think there was anything that was worth cutting. I mean, there were things that he cut that I'd be interested to see once the Blu-ray the or the 4K comes out. But really, this is what I'd been wanting for such a long time from a Batman movie was Batman being a detective. You know, nothing against saying those other mm-hmm. movies, but we've never had that until now. Yeah, the world's greatest detective. You're, yep. Yeah, it, it worked when Pikachu did it. It worked when Batman did it. Well, <laughs> that's why. That's where the animated series, like, like again in that show, he's very. I'm sorry if I keep bringing that up, but it's just like the greatest show ever. No, it's an incredible series. Like, I think it, it. Yeah, it's like a near perfect show. Like, um, and I, and I think that's and that's where I sort of. That's like the last time any sort of adaptation of Batman aside from the Arkham games, like, really uses his detective abilities. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, and this movie really does that well, John. You're 100% right in that instance. Like, that, that's sort of where the noir stuff shines. It's like, yeah, it's duh. He's a detective. <laughs> yeah. I always like Batman stories, too, where there's a mystery element to mm-hmm. it. Some of my favorite Batman stories have him trying to figure out who the villain is, and the villain is always one step ahead because it really always bothers Batman when he's not the smartest guy in the room. And I think that that was done very well here. You could tell he was just so annoyed with this guy at the end. And I really, really like when he when he is at the interrogation scene. I also really, really liked that we got narration at the beginning and the end. I know I touched upon this a little bit beforehand, but that's very much a comic book element again. But I think it works really well here because it's like, all right, we're not just adding a narration for the sake of it. This is him keeping logs of the nights of him being Batman because he's up all the time. He talks about being a nocturnal animal. You really can tell that he's being affected mentally by this. And it was alluded to a little bit in this movie that his mother had mental issues. So I think that's going to play a bigger part in the second you, one. John, do you wish that he would, he would have been talking to his father the whole time? Like he did in, in year one. Like, do you, do you wish like he, he, you know what I'm saying? I, I kind of wish they would have like had him talk to like his dad, right? Where it's just like mm-hmm. him writing mm-hmm. to his dad the whole time. I would have yeah. like that. I, cause the, the, the Wayne relationship here felt like a little if came out of nowhere and you you get whiplash from like oh look thomas wayne was actually uh you know a terrible person but he wasn't either you know what i'm saying it kind of goes back and forth and i i really wish like bruce's relationship with his parents mm. was like established in some way you know obviously don't show them getting murdered like walking out of like scooby-doo but give me g- g- i really wish like bruce would have been talking to him because then that line what he says to alfred like you're not my father would have hurt even more. You know what I'm saying? I, I would. Yeah. I, I, w- I would agree with that if this was a year one movie, but this is year two. Got you. Okay. Okay. So I mean, I mean, n- not that I think it's a bad idea. I get what you're saying. That that would be a cool idea. I I think 
he's a loner in this. Mm. And I don't think it necessarily, because he's not connected to anybody. Yeah. His first real connection is with someone like Catwoman and he's literally spying on her the same way that the Riddler was spying on somebody in the beginning of the movie, which again kind of just shows the, you know, the comparison between him and this villain that, that they're really not that far off. Mm-hmm. One kills people, the other one doesn't. But they they both work outside the system and they both yeah. do things that they are unethical. They both have clear issues. Yeah, they, yes. They, they just go about it in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I think he's completely disconnected from everybody. And that's a cool way of doing Bruce Wayne. And I think it makes sense. I mean, not to like get like personal or anything like that but when you go through depression and you're still working through trauma you really disconnect yourself from a lot of people and it's established that he's disconnected even from from alfred Mm -hmm. um so i mean he he's he he's this is him growing as a character and i think we'll continue continue to see that growth in the next one too as well um and yeah i like having that narration too i think also works well as two bookends we get it in the beginning and we get at the end where he's at the beginning is completely different from where he is at the end this is a movie about him coming out of the shadows not just batman but also bruce wayne coming out of the shadows and becoming better versions of themselves so you know obviously i think we'll see more like him being a philanthropist in the next one because he was talking to the mayor at, at one point too um, she was like, call me. And, you know, so there's a lot of like little seeds that are planted, which is, which is great because you, it leaves so many doors open for the next movie. Um, and I think too, with the shadows point, I really liked how there are a lot of moments where he walks through the shadows that that's where he's coming out of. Oh like yeah. He comes out of the shadows in the church. He come, he comes out of the shadows and right in the car chase. Although that time it's the car and not him. <laughs> but like, you know, he, this is the first time like a Batman movie shown like, yeah, you're supposed to be afraid of him. Yes. It reminds oh, yeah. me a lot of, um, justice league, that opening bit where you see Batman, mm-hmm. um, stopping like, you know what I'm saying? Or he's, he just, it's very menacing. Of, like, I love it. Or I love when he disappears trademark of batman just being able to like slip away and disappear in the middle of a conversation love that i always love that that never gets old for me dark knight did it which i don't know how yeah. they ever explain how which i think is hilarious uh the animated series did it a lot which i love yeah i love that and here they did it a few times where i'm like yes yes that's Batman. yeah that he operates in the shadows and i love like every doorway every alley these guys are watching because they're that afraid they're, they're really scared it's like the quote in dark knight where joker's like i know why you guys have your little your group therapy sessions uh, during the day yeah and i'm like here it's like yes finally we understand that like batman isn't just a guy he is a force of nature he's a yes. myth he is a thick and i love that because he is the embodiment of fear and I and yeah. I and I really love that here they're like, oh hell yeah. Like they went all in on that. And then like the sub like, it all culminates into the subway scene. Yeah. And I and, love And it. I think Robert Pattinson does a great job of showing internal pain. <laughs> so that you know, someone on Twitter made the joke of like, oh he just frowns the whole movie. Uh no. No. Robert Pattinson, obviously I'm a big fan of the guy, but his he shows a lot of emotion and says a lot in scenes where he doesn't have to like spell everything out. And I'm so thankful we have a superhero movie where we don't need everything to be spelled out, where we need everything to be just, you know, written out from us from point A to point B. Or no one's quipping. Like, no one's quipping. Yeah. People can genuinely feel an emotion. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I appreciated mm-hmm. too. Like, I'm like, oh, you know what? This guy is like, he's going through a lot. So clearly he's not going to make a joke at this moment. The only other big superhero movie to do that was like Iron Man 3, which was about mm-hmm. PTSD, which is about like trauma. You know, it's mm-hmm. not about it, it. Like that, that was like the last time I felt like, okay, this is someone who's going through it a lot. Yeah. And he, but he also happens to wear a costume. So it, it, you know what I'm saying, but it's like it's like skirting that line here. It's just like no man, this this dude is like clearly going through some stuff. And what's mm-hmm. worse is he's like enduring a lot more trauma just by yeah. doing the thing he does. Yeah. You know yeah. what? I, I, you know what? What did I, I think my I think I'm, I'm a little bit like I'm a little sweeter on this movie now. I think I'm I'm, I'm I'm like I'm starting to dick it now significantly more in this conversation than I did after. I'm like you know what? There's there's a lot more to this movie that I'm giving you credit for. Something's out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Talking on a podcast. Drinking Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was fun. Yeah, that was really good. Oh yeah, um, and oh, two, yeah. two two more things. My, Michael Giacchino's uh, score, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Ex- Loved especially it. when he rips off uh, the Darth Vader theme. I don't, I don't think it sounds like I, it that. It sounds like uh, it sounds so close. It's, it, the, the Darth Vader theme. You're talking about the. Dun, dun, dun. And no. the Batman goes It's eerily close you And guys, he came in with the boots I was just like it's Darth You Vader. guys are a music podcast You guys should know at this point There are no original songs Everything's a rip know. off of everything Okay If the Red Hot Chili Peppers can rip off uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance with, like with no reper- repercussions and purple haze and purple haze. I was watching that video too. Um, <laughs> I watched that video too. Um, I, I told John to watch it. He hasn't yet. Oh my god! Please watch that video. Please yeah. watch. I it. have Danny California stuck in my head. Oh I my god! Me too. No, it. don't do it again. Don't get it back in my head. I'm no. I'm gonna give my rating so I don't have to talk about Danny <laughs> but no, California no, but like, anymore. Oh man! But the, the score the score rules. It's great. It's medicine. It's so epic too. It's just like yes. Oh yeah. my god! Everything. The the Riddler score is great. Every Everyone's themes are so great. Again, the first time you hear that Batman theme, again, I'm hootering, hollering, watching him beat the ever-loving uh, Christ. Our seats were shaking the entire oh movie. God. It was so great. Yes. I got chills during that opening uh, scene when he's walking through the crowd. Yeah. It's got like this little like it, flute it, flutter it, in the beginning. Oh. It reminds me of like the first time you hear, um, you oh. know, like any of like the Dark Knight trilogy scores or that first time you hear Danny Elfman's theme song. Like, yes, yes. Oh my God, it pumps you up. I love it. I love it. Okay. I do too. Right. I do too. And I can't wait to get it on vinyl. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for me. E- easily like I haven't come up with my official ranking yet but this is everything that I've been wanting in a Batman movie for quite some time I can't wait to see it a third time how about a <laughs> 10 holy IMAX Batman out of 10 hey. oh, I, 10 oh. holy IMAX Batman <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't give it a rating yet I, I think I think I'm still at like I'm at a 7 7 and a half I think it's a good movie think it it there's a great movie in there i either have to Something watch it again <laughs> i either gotta watch it again or i, I think it's but it's, it's there there's something there i could see its potential you guys saw my ranking already and where i put it firmly um like it, it, it i i think i think it's good i think there's a lot there and i mean obviously it's batman you know it's it's, <laughs> it's it's batman like come on it's batman yeah yeah bat, 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 batman's the, the best yeah you duh, know just duh, duh. you know just just 
just, just really just everything about it. I mean, Batman fans eat real good. Let, let, let's be honest here. Oh, 100% we, video games, like, movies, TV shows, comic, <laughs> like they're, they're like even yeah. the worst, like Batman stuff. Come on. Like we, we have a good time. Yeah. You know yeah, exactly. And we'll have a good time with our next review for sure. Oh, <laughs> hell yes. Robin. Oh, yes. Yes. oh my gosh. Oh. oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. You <laughs> <laughs> you know what I really can't wait for when we, when we do that review cuz I I want I don't know if you rewatched it yet, CJ. No, I haven't. Um, I know Adam and I haven't yet. Look, just just look out for what George Clooney does with his head. Like, no. just, just, yeah, God. just, just, just notice. <laughs> I, I, I've been making, like, it's funny because I was showing Christine, I, I sent her the clip of um, Bane from Dark Knight Rises, uh-huh. and I'm like, I can't wait till I get to this point in Batman movies because I'm just going to do the Bane voice. Because, <laughs> you know, the, f- the funniest thing you could do in, like, 2012 or 2013 was that voice, and I'm like, yes, I'm going to oh, bring it back. I'm gonna bring it back. I'm gonna bring. I'm gonna say the dumbest things in the world, but in a cool voice. <laughs> Ooh, th- that that reminds me. I think that was Venom that he pumped into his leg when he was up in the rafters. Maybe, like, maybe, yeah. Like, I, I f- like there's some people that think because it was green, like Venom usually is in the comic books. So. Venom, 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 maybe, Venom, Venom, maybe Venom. it was a low was- dose, but it was enough to get him crazy and pumped up. So. Oh. I, I guess yeah, Venom could exist in this universe. Like you know, Bane could theoretically exist. I get. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Anyway, Batman. <laughs> yeah, Batman, Batman, Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, this is a cool party, guys. <laughs> it was, it was really ice Batman, to Batman talk to you. <laughs> ice, ice for stopping by. CJ. Batman, you say, looking for you. <laughs> I'm counting on it <laughs> the, the other one though the one that i absolutely love is like i just love what you've done with the place heavy metal meets house and garden it's <laughs> gonna come a day there's gonna come a day when i get to reference that and i can't wait <laughs> It's boiling oh, acid. <laughs> oh, what was the part that we were both laughing at when we were watching Batman Robin when he comes crashing through the window and the I think it was the security guard from earlier in the movie. He was like, Batman! Ah! <laughs> yes. <laughs> ah! Oh, Batman forever. We had such a good time. CJ, you're going to come to Orlando one day and we're going to watch Batman movies. All oh, right. no, we're watching forever. 100%. <laughs> yes, 100%. Um, we are, um, we're going to go, first we're going to go hunt down every single crate of um, Mountain Dew um, we could find, like the hard Mountain Dew, um, and we are going to drink them out of Adam's um, Batman glass. We're going to have like three straws. We're going to drink them and we're going to watch. <laughs> oh, that's Batman cute. Aw. Actually, I need one more Batman glass and I'll have three Batman mugs. <gasps> Yo! All right, we're all going to hunt, hunt that down. Except... But one of them is a color-changing mug and only changes with hot liquid. Oh. So I don't know how hot Mountain Dew would fare <laughs> in there. What? Uh, Probably boil out uh, all the uh, alcohol. Adam, Adam with, with all due respect, I will, I'm not eating my Mountain Dew. <laughs> 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 um, oh, we will stuff. get together. We That will be like the day. You know what we, we'll do? We'll, we'll, we'll it will be it. Gotham's Reckoning. Yes, yeah. we shall bring them the burn. <laughs> the fire rises, bro. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. That's like so far from now, but I can't wait for that. 
can't wait. Oh, we're going to have a good time. How stupid that movie is. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love okay. it. I love it. It will be extremely painful for you. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. has been another great episode of Uh-oh. Gotham Cast. G4D. Ground. Discussion. Goodbye, friends. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of G4D, Grounds for Discussion with Adam and John. Stay up to date on future episodes and all our caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.